me, Justin, no Caleb, unfortunately. Unfortunate that Caleb, we can't be here for like, what, three weeks in a row now? Damn I coach. Know. What the hell? The family's in shambles. Like, could you imagine if like a player missed like three weeks? Would they still be on the team? Is the coach. Probably. We are at the midpoint of the season. We got through week five. We got through. Man, okay, let's let's just do it right now. Let's just let's just get this out the out the way. Relegation needs to happen, and that's the word I meant to say last week. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, it doesn't really matter. But relegation needs to happen now, and you know who needs to get relegated? Georgia Tech. Where to? The Big Ten. Why? To keep the streak alive, of course. It's been a fruitful year for beating Power Five teams, just not the one conference we care about beating. Like really, like four, right? Is that the number? Yeah, uh, is it Cincinnati, Georgia Tech, Iowa State, Iowa and who, one, right. and Boston? Who am I missing? Boston College. Yes, another one. Re- relegate them too while we're at it. Well, they can go straight to FCS. Where they belong. Week five is in the books. Let me just read off the scores really, really quickly. Um, oh, crap. That's an awful one to start with. That's an awful one to start with. Oh, that's that's not a good one. I don't like this one to read off. Ugh. Um, bad guys win 26. Uh, good guys lose 23. Uh, Buffalo <laughs> beats Akron in overtime. 13 to 10 to get into the win column. Miami beats Kent State. 23 to 3. Um, Brett Gabbert under 50% throwing there. Bowling Green, of course. Bowling Green, go blue, beats Georgia Tech 38 to 27. Western Michigan 42. Ball State 24. Really, really good Mac West showdown there. Really, really fun game. Toledo, NIU. Classic, man. Actually, honestly, like it was a really good game. Um, Another classic, yeah. Great <laughs> second half from the Huskies. Not great enough. 35-33, they lose in the Glass Bowl. Toledo, uh, good start to the MAC season for them. Justin, biggest takeaway so far. Oh, why does the football god and slash or gods hate Akron so much? As if it wasn't bad enough that they lost their second straight overtime game in which they should have won. DJ Irons confirmed torn ACL. He is out for the season. That's sad. You don't love that. He was really starting to hit his stride too, right? Like it was, um, it was kind of a slow start to the season, but he was really kind of like morphing into the quarterback everybody wanted him to be. That is just how it goes sometimes. So bummer. Speedy recovery to him. Uh, big bummer for Akron. Jack Undercuffler, not too shabby himself, but it's it's an unfortunate circumstance for a team. Kind of on the rise, I guess. They're they're at least like not getting smashed in these games. They're not getting lucky. They're just they're getting extremely unlucky, which I think is the first step to winning a bunch of games, right? No, I think the first step is winning more games. Win first, then luck comes. Got it. <laughs> that's that's normally how it happens. Uh, Toledo, of course, is two and zero in the max standings. Uh, good start for them, of course. Ohio was off this past week. Uh, looking forward to just some week six games, and then we can just kind of like, you know, have kind of like a potpourri episode. Of course, um, you know, you know us. We're not, we, 
does it look like we have notes? No, we have spreadsheets, but we don't have notes. Uh, this week, EMU is going to host Ball State for homecoming. Let me give you a quick little stat before I keep going on there. Uh, of the last eight matchups in this series, the road team has won six times. Why would you do this for homecoming? Uh, Western is going to Mississippi State. Toledo is going to UMass, uh, a MAC game that should be happening, but it's not. Central is at Buffalo. Bowling Green is at Miami. Kent State is at Ohio. And NIU is looking for revenge against Akron. And guess what? They're both 1-4 going into that. How about that? Game of the week. Game of the week of the year, for sure. Game of the century of the week. Uh, game of the 330 uh, block. All games on ESPN Plus, with the exception of Toledo and UMass, who get the, the ESPN U treatment. I already said that Toledo's in... 2-0 in MAC play. Let's start with that. Like Toledo, they should come into this and just win handily, right? Like UMass is not that great. I've seen them before. Uh, they're okay, but they're not that great right now. Uh, I think they lost pretty bad last week, too. Toledo... How long do you think that they can, like, keep their foot on the pedal, though? Like, I know that, you know, they let NIU come back. They let Illinois come back. This is a team that, you know, is for Had to take themselves out of a hole against Western Michigan. Yeah, I I think I would follow that up with, um, I'd like to see them put their foot on the gas for, like, an entire game for once to see what they're made of. But, I mean, that's... That's the concerning thing for me is like, is Toledo going to do that Toledo thing where they cost themselves a, a year because they, they've had two narrow escapes for teams that we kind of expect to be towards the bottom of the Mac West. Although you could say everyone at the Mac West other than them deserves to be at the bottom of the Mac West. Um, they, I, I don't know. I just, I think they, they look really vulnerable right now and they very much look like a team that's going to drop a weird one and it, it's probably not going to matter. Uh, but the weird one they can't drop is now Central Michigan, uh, who the door has kind of slightly cracked open for them if they can keep playing well. A little bit. Dequan's, Dequan Finn's playing, though. That's good. We were worried about yeah, that. He is. He's fine. We were worried, but he's he's fine. He's totally he's fine. He's back. He's fine. He's fine. The offense is humming. I will say that in terms of putting the foot on the gas. like Their defense seems to like just not always show up, but the talent is there, um, and as it always is. Um, but it, it, they're going to be tough to outscore, even if they have a bad day on defense, right? And you saw that against NIU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but still, they have a good group of receivers. I love Junior Vandross, Jawan Newton's, of course, like really, really good. Penny Boone uh, had a really bad fumble, but he's he's still like one of the best backs in the MAC. Seven point six yards per carry this season. We're halfway through it. That's that's a good that's a good number to be posting right now. That is. Uh, door is kind of cracking, you said, for Central, though. But, like, what if Toledo – I th- I think me, you, and uh, Caleb, who's not featured today, I think we would all unanimously say that Toledo's still the in-season favorite for the West. Like, they haven't by – By a wide margin, yeah. By a wide margin. But with Door kind of cracked for, you know, maybe a dark horse contender or at least, like, a strong second-place finisher this year. Forecast is open, man. Forecast says anybody could really take it right now. If EMU just figures its ish out, if NIU 
plays like it did, but like coming away with the win, of course, against Toledo the rest of the way, you know, maybe they could like escape some games, but like it, this isn't going to be a spot where like, I don't know, man, the, the second place finisher in this conference or in this division is at least going to have two to three losses to its name. Yeah, there's going to be, there could be a bunch of teams at four and four. I think the group of teams between Ball State, who looked, you know, pretty bad on Saturday, they they look to be the worst team in the MAC. Because um, if you're not better than Western Michigan, that probably makes it the worst team, not in the MAC, but uh, depending on what happens with Kent State the rest of the way, but in the MAC West for sure. The teams between Ball State and Toledo, they all probably feel like they can beat everybody else. Um, but they can also all lose to everybody else. Like one, each of those teams is equally capable of winning out and losing out. And that tells me that we're just going to see, there's going to be too much carnage behind them, but the door is open for central because by default, because they haven't played Toledo yet and they don't have a loss. So that's where you might see some, like if you follow Bill Connolly, you'll see the percent chance of like winning each conference and central Michigan has made its appearance at like 5% this week. Um, So it's still a long shot, still a dark horse, but the, the door is open widest for them, albeit not very wide at all. Mm-hmm. But like, who else would you say is like second best in that second best conversation? Because like, really, it's like, I, I don't know. I think it's still probably Eastern. It's okay. still probably Eastern. They're like really underperforming right now, but sure. just, you know, until it seems kind of dark for them right now but they're the team that they're still playing pretty well defensively, all things considered. So I think that that to, they're, they're, you know, third best in the Matt quest at worst right now until proven otherwise. Um, but if WMU continues to grow, they seem to be improving every week, right? Um, like they played better against Iowa than they did against Syracuse. They played way better against Toledo than they did against um, um, Iowa. And then they played, much, much better against Ball State than Toledo. Now, <laughs> that is a downward curve in terms of difficulty of opponent, right? But they did get a big game out of uh, Trace and Borke. Um, if he becomes the type of guy that can turn in these 300-yard performances and be as accurate as he was, I think he had like a 70% completion rate or something like that, or definitely north of 60, wasn't turning the ball over. Like, if they get that from him going the rest of the way, I've been really impressed with how WMU's defense has kind of held up despite being not very great still. They have a bunch of holes, but like the front seven has played a lot better than I think um, any of us expected. And you can live and off so that's that. It. You can live off knowing that, hey, you know, what? I, I don't know like what your level of comfort is going to be with defensive backs at any point in your time of being a college football fan, you know, especially in this transfer portal era. It's, it's hard to do that and like stringing together like, guys that know how to like play together, communicate well together and all that stuff. That's going to be hard to keep up with. But if I know that pressure, no matter what week in and week out, is going to be there, you know, that's, that's, that's going to make me feel good as a fan. Yeah. And that's the thing, like the last three weeks, especially like WMU is just creating, um, they're creating a ton of turnovers, just got the one against ball state, but like that to me, that to me is what WMU is going to be able to hang its hat on. It's that like, hey, we're not going to be very good defensively efficiency wise, but like we will take the ball away from you. And if their offense is able to capitalize on it, which like they weren't against Iowa, they did for some of the game against Toledo. Like it, it's a team that's going to be a pretty tough out for at least that middle of the pack. 
right? So you you can definitely see this is true of Western, this is true of Eastern, this is true of Central, and I think even NIU, each of these teams could win out their non-Toledo games the rest of the way and take a loss with whichever of them plays Ohio and Miami, which WMU unfortunately plays both. <laughs> but they could finish like third or fourth with a with a lot of Mac West wins. Sure. Um I think by virtue of their crossover, they're they have the toughest road by not you know, clipping that Toledo game. And I think even if they did get that Toledo game, they'd be a surprising two and zero. but there would be no reason to expect them to win the division. Just because again, they're, they're playing two very, very good teams. Uh, one at home and one on the road. Nobody should Miami go win this at least, right? Like, I think that's, that might be the best thing to say. Not that like, you know, teams generally go winless in the Mac play in the West, but like when in its own division this year, certainly I don't think, I don't know, man. I think every, a lot of teams are just going to go like three and two in the West. Like that's crazy. Yeah, it's just crazy. And like plus Toledo, for as good as they are, you know, last year they were off to a really good start too. But we're not fools. We're not first timers on this podcast. We know that you can slip up. We've seen you not play full games already this year. You know, you're vulnerable. We know. But. Yeah, you're, you're you're still outclassing everybody, especially with Daquan Finn on the field. It's probably another and, season where they clinch really, really early, right? Mm-hmm. Their their next three MAC games are Ball State, Miami, Buffalo. They have to obviously be very concerned about that Miami game, um, but the way Eastern Michigan has been playing again, so much can change in the next few weeks. Um, but Toledo's going to pick up. Um, they're going to at least have four MAC wins on paper by the end of Halloween, by the end of October. Um, and they'll have basically EMU, BG, and CMU to beat at the end if you want to play the schedule game. And they might only need one of those. Who do we want to hit on next in the West? Like, who Like who actually stands out to you? Do you want to talk, let, actually, let's narrow it down to my school or your school. Oh, we'll talk about Eastern. We talk, I just talked a little bit about Western. So Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, Eastern this week at Central, of course, lost, wasn't good, um, especially in the fashion that it happened, you know, breaking, like, letting that two-point swing just kind of, I don't know, gravitate a moment in that game and just let it swing more in West or in, uh, Central's favor, I should say, um, which really stunk. It was good to see Eastern's offense, specifically Smith, just come more alive played more hungry. I think like across the board in the West, maybe not across the board, but in a lot of cases, Eastern, Central, Western, like there was improvement in the West offenses this week. That And so that was kind of good to see, uh, especially with Eastern. But the problem was that in spurts, the defense and the special teams, two units that, you know, really, really like were leaders for this team, if not the offense, of course, but Two, t- two units that were doing its part week in and week out kind of cracked a little bit, kind of cracked a little bit, and that that it was exposed enough in Central. The run defense has been really bad. The run defense has been really letting things go sideways for Eastern this year, um, even if they're not letting, letting up like 30-yard run, 40-yard run, you know, every eight drives they're still letting up enough like nine yard runs, 10 yard runs to make differences. Yeah. It's CMU had one, two, three, four, five different rushers with uh, carries of over 12 yards. 
12 yards or more. So, yeah, I mean, to your point, 7.1 yards per carry for the game. Um, I don't know if they recorded any sacks, but that would include sacks for the quarterback. So it's still probably an even worse day on paper. Um, Then it actually looks looks like they recorded one sack. Um, So maybe not that bad, but not, uh, not great. So you're right. That's something they should probably keep their eye on. And uh, maybe consider fixing. I don't know. I don't know how easy that is, but right. um, they're EMUs in in crunch time right now. Um, they're probably in like. I think if you're any team sitting with one loss in the MAC West, you think you have to probably win out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, no matter who you're, I, well, even if you're Central, because you're going to play Toledo, you, you probably just have to assume Toledo's going to have one loss mm-hmm. at at best. And even if they have two, probably safe to think you have to win all your games. Like Central's a team that's escaped overtimes in all of its wins this year. You know that? Like escaped overtime in a last second field goal uh, in a win against New Hampshire was, I think it was like a, it was a third down, like third and goal uh, touchdown at South Alabama that put them ahead by four. If they didn't convert on there, it would have been a field goal uh, that sent it to overtime. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it would have been just a field goal to send it to overtime instead. Um, and then, of course, Eastern Michigan. Game was decided by just three points. And what the three points right there, Eastern Michigan, on their last drive, missed a field goal right after Jesus Gomez, who made his first attempt from 55 yards out. He missed his second from 40-something, just to the right. Like, And this isn't a kid who's like super inaccurate either, but... He's just having like a rough like couple of weeks, unfortunately. But for Central, like three wins, and they're all just like games that escaped overtime. So they're not like a team that's like really like putting it away or like playing really well and then like letting somebody else like come back late. It's just, I don't know, man. It's they they've made the right move at quarterback. They're finally getting offense through the air yeah but and if, if either of those guys get hurt brett get, or burn emmanuel uh included like if either of those guys get hurt it's not going to be a great late stretch to the season for them mm-hmm. no they're definitely living dangerously they're it's kind of like uh it's so early to even say this but like it's kind of like that 2021 NIU team where you kind of just look at it. You're like, ah, I don't think they're very good, but mm-hmm. they just they keep winning. So <laughs> like who cares? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a central Michigan fan, you definitely shouldn't care. Um, but making plays when it counts, the doors open for them. Um, that's the, like, again, if you're looking for that dark horse team, that's probably the one. Uh, shout out to um, the the crowd was apparently pretty good for that game in Mount Pleasant, um, twenty eight thousand against Eastern like Michigan. Yeah, and I I wonder too. <clears throat> this is definitely not like on topic, but I wonder if um, like one of the byproducts of the Central Western game, like basically never being played on Saturday anymore, is that like a lot of the energy has been um, poured into the game with EMU, um, which, you know. That's an unproven hypothesis, but I think in in the long run, that's that's a good thing to kind of grow the directional Michigan rivalries in a way that hasn't been seen. I guess that's probably a ever. 
I guess that's a theory. I guess it makes sense. I'm not yeah. gonna say no. I mean, I would have to, I haven't like checked like what past attendance at CMU EMU is in either stadium. Um, oh, so yeah. it could be completely freaking wrong. Right. But it's just a, a thought that I had in passing today where I was like, I wonder if that if you could see some of that impact. Um just like I don't know, like if you're a student at one of those schools, either central or western, like you're not you're not getting like the whole weekend feel out of it, right, anymore. Right. But you do get that weird with Eastern and Eastern's better at football now than it ever has been. So there's something to it that and there's stakes. Like I think the stakes were incredibly high for this game for both of these teams, because you talk about like who's gonna challenge Toledo, like it had to be one of these guys. And Central came out on top. So Hey, yeah. If you're a CMU fan and you were at the game on Saturday, let Justin know why uh why you're doing that. Get in his DMs. He'd love to talk to you. That's true. I love nothing more than inviting CMU fans into my, my DMs. Last thing in the MacQuest, uh, Lane Hatcher, Ball State, looks like he's emerging as uh, the true QB1 for Ball State. Uh, played really well. Played really well. I, I really like this is, this is kind of what I expected to see out of Ball State, um, just action-wise. Uh, probably going to see improvement out of him, maybe just giving him some benefit of the doubt here. But I don't know. I like the way Ball State looks with him. And I hopefully, uh, I don't know, that'll probably just like feed into the race a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they were very good through the air against WMU. Not every team is going to have WMU secondary, but like it was, um, yeah, definitely an unexpected performance from what we had seen in the past. Um, I mean, 26 of 37, 316 yards, three touchdowns, and he played fine. Like it was not a disaster or anything like that. Uh, 67.7% completion on the year so far. Yeah. They're, they're pretty efficient in that way. Um, They had, they had catches of, they have big plays. They have catches of 25, 57 and 32 yards in that game. Um, They were, they looked like they had figured something out going into that fourth quarter. WMU kind of slammed the door on them. Um, but it did look, um, for a while coming out through that third quarter, that ball state was like, there was a point where it kind of seemed inevitable that they were going to keep finding the big plays. But again, WMU just didn't let them have the ball with that opportunity again. Um, If you're looking for any encouragement from the ball state side, because it it feels pretty grim right now, but it was definitely good for them to get on the board and move the ball after a, a pretty abysmal showing against Georgia Southern. Uh, flipping over to the East, um, did we, aside from DJ Irons and the bad news there, did we learn really anything out of the Akron-Buffalo game? Like, Buffalo probably really, really terrible is, like, the only uh, takeaway I actually have. And that Akron is, like, not totally worth banking on. Like, I have to, like, think less of them right now. Joe yeah, Red they're like prove it mode for me. They're not so much like a doormat. Um, and like they they played pretty well defensively. I mean, they held Cole Snyder to 142 yards. Um, so you know, not a bad showing. Again, they they should have won the game. Um, there are it's an uphill battle for them the rest of the way. Uh, good for Buffalo getting a win. I mean, they're one and they're one and zero on the MAC. Like that's all that matters. Um. I'm interested in 
whether Buffalo is going to kind of meet expectations the rest of the way. Big game against Central Michigan. They could play a, a big factor in everything we just talked about with the Mac West. Um, and then BG and Kent State. This is kind of the section of the schedule where if Buffalo is going to make any noise at all, it's going to have to happen here because they close with Toledo, Ohio, Miami, and Eastern Michigan. So if, if you're going to get any wins this year beyond this Akron one, it's going to have to happen in this next three weeks. Not that it can't happen in Maction when we get into November, but you know, I don't like their chances. Yeah, speaking of uh, I don't like their chances, uh, Kent State, even though that they held Brett Gabbert to like 45% throwing, didn't see that coming. That wasn't on my bingo card. <laughs> but still, don't really love their chances uh, moving forward. Don't really love... <sighs> it's taken us this long to get to Bowling Green. Like, I was going to say something pessimistic, and then I'm like, wait, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. They beat Georgia Tech. Yeah, they, they kind of beat the brakes off of them. <laughs> um, I don't know what to make of this team, man. I think we were talking about a, a little bit before recording that, like, this is a team that I can't be confident that they're necessarily going to win another game. Like, they'll probably they'll beat Kent State. They should. They should. But, like... But it's a team that, like, I don't know how. They kind of they did this last year where they – it's kind of the same stretch of the season where they lost to Eastern Kentucky and then turned around and beat Marshall, who was coming off of a win against Notre Dame. Pop quiz. Uh, I'm looking at gameonpaper.com, looking at the box score. Um, successful play rate. Georgia Tech was 51%. What was Bowling Green's? 32 41 41 oh so better than i thought still worse than the defensive the defensive touchdown always helps like if you're if you're getting out success rated i guess like they getting a pick six always tilts the balance certainly yeah, yeah but yeah i, I just i don't like there's no reason for us to be like, yeah, this team's going to like, this is a turning point and they're going to like, cause you always see this movie. Like we don't know that mm-hmm. we don't know that. Um, and so they're another team that's kind of improvement mode as well. Um, we talked a little bit about, Oh, the fantastic catch by Finn Hogan, by the way. Oh my God. Like the catch of the year for sure. At least in this conference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they have some offensive weapons that are, that are really fun. Like we talk about Terry and Stewart a lot. Mm-hmm. Odio Hilaire. Like they they are kind of fun, d- despite being you know pretty unreliable. But this is a pretty fun offensive team at times. So they they are they are worth watching. They're going to be a fun action team this year. Looking at SP plus, um, just through week five, which is always funny to look at, like the week after a big game because if these are like hand you know hand changes like power rankings or whatever like we naturally want to put the team that just won over the team that just lost of course naturally uh, but it is funny to see an SB plus Georgia Tech 77 Bowling Green 119 it's the Mac baby this is how it happens I don't love this version of the Mac I really don't I do love the top end version of the Mac. I don't love, I don't love this middle. I don't love that the middle starts with, the, like one of the worst 
versions of NIU that we've seen again and one of the worst versions of Buffalo that we've seen again kind of at the top like the top of that second tier yeah it's it's not great in the middle but Ohio is pretty damn exciting do you know how many without looking and maybe you already know do you know how many points they've played five games do you know how many points they've given up uh hold on let me think not many i'd say less than 40 right that's 54 okay which is i I think the next closest is miami at 113 no eastern michigan 112 they have fewer than half of the points allowed of the next closest team in the mac this defense is legit and they play a team this week in Kent State who cannot score the ball. They they mustered three points against Miami. Mm -hmm. And I I don't... Can can they hit double digits in this game against Ohio? Uh, Let's see. I'm looking at one of my favorite stats. uh, Net points per drive. Uh, Dead last in the nation, so I'm going to say no. How close is the next team? Uh, let me actually go to the site. Oh, the next team. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So, Kent State, NPD, is uh, minus 3.4. The next team at 132 is minus 2.44. Uh, by offensive point. By OPD, uh, offensive per, offensive points per drive. You're, you're going to have to like look at BCF toys. I'm not going to like read too many numbers after this, I promise. <laughs> um, but Kent State's really bad. 131st in the nation. Uh, the next team up on here at 129 overall. Right, you know, that's not really a good explanation. Anyways, uh, but anyways, NPD, Kent State 133. Who is 132? I'll give you a hint. They're in the MAC. I'll give you another hint. We already talked about them. Uh, Paul State? Yep. Yeah, 89 total points scored. Hopefully Lane Hatcher uh, works out. They're going to need it. So, yeah, I'm going to say definitely, like, the under on uh, 10 points scored. Yeah, that, that seems fair. Like, under normal circumstances, like, weird fumble luck or like a pick six aside like i just i don't think they're gonna i don't think they're gonna find the end zone how many times has kent state actually found the end zone this year were they playing on a field with those they have scored one fbs touchdown this year it was in a 53 to 10 loss to fresno state two weeks ago two field goals against ucf Arkansas won against Miami. The touchdown was scored by Xavier Williams. Not great. Schedule has been tough, but, you know, Andrew Glass can't be your leading scorer. I guess that's not fair. Kickers do tend to be leading scorers just because... But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's not great, whichever way you slice it. Um, 
when not playing Central Connecticut. All right, what's the spread for Miami Bowling Green? What is it? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I see Miami minus 10. I see that too. Uh, I definitely, yeah, take the points. Lay them. Some weird things have happened in this fixture. That's for sure. Uh, what year was it where uh, Gus Ragland fumbled at like the one yard line? BG ran it back. How long ago was that? Uh, hold on. 15 or 14? 15 or 14? I don't think it was 15 because I don't, I think Bowling Green wasn't good. I think it might have been 2017. Hold on, I'm going to confirm oh, wow. it. Come on. Learn how to click buttons, Justin. All right, hurry up. Hurry up, hurry up. We got to end this episode. Talk, talk about something else. I'm sorry, I'm trying oh, to find I don't, it. I, oh, my God. All right, uh, uh, okay, okay. NIU, Akron. Uh, of course, Akron won last year. Uh, that's going to be really good. This is actually game of the year at 3.30 hour. Uh uh, did you did you click those buttons? Yeah, I don't want to talk about this game anymore. It was 2017. Miami, uh, with one one minute 21 seconds left, was on the you know, on like the one or something, or maybe like they were for they were first and goal, uh, uh, down by one point, looking like they were going to win the game. They just have to hold for a field goal, and they Brandon Harris returns a 93 yard fumble return touchdown, and Bowling Green wins. So yeah, it's 2017, an eternity ago but not that long ago in our hearts. And boom goes the dynamite.